How you doing people? It's your boy Caesar here. How you living? Um, this is another episode of the Hybrid Club podcast. This is the new season preview pod, so thank you very much for joining me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, C-E-A-S-E-S-A-Y-S. Um, you can find us at the Hybrid Club, at the Hybrid Club on Twitter, at the Hybrid Club on Instagram. As I said, this is the preview for the new season for the 2022-2023 season. And uh, yeah, to be honest, going to get right stuck into it. Um, there's a little bit of structure to this in that I'm going to make some predictions about what I think is going to happen this season in terms of, you know, top goal scorer and that kind of thing. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about my my thoughts for the new season and, and what I'm expecting and what I think we can do and what I'm hoping we're going to do. So to to get into that, I think what we need to do is have a think about how last season ended. So I think we all remember the uh, the tragic fall last season when they came to, you know, dropping points at Palace and Brighton, Southampton, and then, you know, picking up those points against United and Chelsea, only to then go lose against Spurs and drop points against Newcastle. It was just horrendous. And obviously, you know, earlier in the season, dropping points at United and Everton was just brutal. I think we all just watched a, a bit of that back on the uh, All or Nothing documentary. So a lot happened last season, and I think we have to remember just how much happened. And, and you know, again, looking at All or Nothing, we're going to relive it. Um, but really the reason I kind of wanted to go back to that is because when you think about the journey we've been on, you know, we brought in a wave of players, you know, under the age of 24, 25, um, despite Gary Neville, for some reason, not being able to see what we were doing in terms of the strategy. I think the strategy was clear. We needed to refresh the squad. We needed to get younger. And so you saw the likes of Ramsdale come in and displace Leno, who's now gone on to Fulham. And Ramsdale was brilliant, other than a sort of a dip towards the end of the season. I think he was largely great. Tommy Asi was fantastic. Injuries kept him out of crucial points. And I think we really suffered because of that. Um, ben White came in, did brilliantly. I know there was a lot of Ben White Saliba talk when Saliba got sent out on loan. Um, I feared the worst, but happy that Saliba's back. But Ben White did really well last season. Um, I think we also saw that there was just you know, a lot of promise that was demonstrated with the likes of Sambi coming in. I know he got a lot of stick, um, particularly after performances against Liverpool and being dropped into the lone six later in the season. But honestly, I think he's a very, very, very promising young player with a lot of promising talent. We just need to nurture that. Um, Tavares is now over at Marseille. Again, promising talent, but very, very raw. I think the Marseille loan is perfect. You know, it's a good league really good level. That is a club with really passionate fans. Um, he's going to be sort of in the cauldrons over there. And to be honest, we saw what he did for Saliba and how well he's done. So hopefully he'll do a similar thing to Tavares. Either he comes back a better player and is able to compete or he does well. He gets a, a boost in his price and we get a decent fee for him at the end of it. It's one or the other. So it's a win-win. I hope it goes well for him. Um, so we, we saw a lot of promise. We saw a lot of players come in. Obviously, Odegaard, we had him on loan previously for part of the previous season, and he came in um, last season. And, you know, after sort of a patchy bit of form at one point, he solidified himself in the starting lineup and has, you know, gone on to become captain. And I don't think many of us would argue with it. I think he's a good choice. So with all of that in mind, in terms of the context, a lot of people felt that 
Arteta had the tools to to go and take the team into fourth place last season. Me personally, my view was very much the Arteta project was a five year project. Um, I know people are just going to be like, "Oh, what you're giving him a you know a pass and blah blah blah." For me, a rookie coach, a young squad, a tear down rebuild. I know everyone said he spent the most amount of money, but we spent the most amount of money because we had to do a tear down rebuild. You know, other clubs are further ahead in their development with the players that they have that they can build on that they wouldn't need to do what we had to do. If you look at the amount of players who have left the club in the last couple of years, I think it's maybe 30 players have left in one form or another, permanent or alone, in the last two years. It's ridiculous. So that gives you an insight into just the amount of churn there has been. Um, so I think when, and I, I don't know if any of you have ever been in an organisation where sort of a very large restructures had to happen, but that is a really difficult thing to do. Let alone, you know, a Premier League club in the spotlight. It's a really organizational change. It's a hard, hard thing to do. If you've ever if you've ever been in an organization where that kind of thing's happened, it's not easy. So I think we all just see it as spend the money and go and do it. But it's harder than that, you know. Um so for me, I very much thought we saw the chaos of the Sven Mislin tat sort of Don Raul era um, and we saw that that sort of handover period where Edu took over from Raul but a lot of the you know the the transfer plans for that summer had already been dealt you know decided you know the Mari, Willian sort of that, that all of that was a bit weird Edu's come out and sort of tried to retrospectively reframe what happened there I'm not really buying it but fine um what we do know is that they realized, okay, this isn't going to work. We we have to do the teardown rebuild. The short-termism doesn't work. We saw that with the Mkhitaryan, Socrates, Lichtsteiner signings, that the short-termism doesn't work. You need to go and do the rebuild. So finally, they did the teardown rebuild. And we saw the first steps of that last season. So this season was the second steps of the teardown rebuild. So this is the season for me. And I said this last season. This season for me, rather than last season, was the season where I wanted to see progress and results because this is the season where the squad turnover for me would be more fully would be more fully complete. So this is where I'd see the fully realized squad. There may be still one or two players left over from previous eras, but for the most part, this is the squad that I was looking forward to seeing. And for what we've seen so far in preseason, I think we are right to be a little bit excited. Um Last season, my I didn't think we'd get top four at the start. I didn't think we'd get top four at any point. Um, I got excited. I hoped. But I, I didn't think we would get top four at any point. I didn't think we had the fourth best squad in the league. And I, regardless of how, how it panned out in terms of how bad other people were doing and what was going, I did not think we'd get top four. And we didn't. And I was disappointed and crushed. But I think we finished about where our level was relative to the rest of the, the talent in the league. Um, you know, when Man United finished second the previous season, they overperformed. When Man United finished last season, they underperformed. Um, we just have to hope that United don't get their shit together this season. We have to hope that Chelsea, you know, with everything that's gone on there, we have to hope that they're in a bit of a... We have to hope that they're in a bit of a weird space and don't have their shit together. Um, and then we can do something. But if United get their shit together, if Chelsea get their shit together then those are two clubs already who have resources that can blow us out of the water and, you know, top four would be very, very difficult. That being said, I do think this season is a season where Arteta has to show he can get top four. 
Now, let me be clear. You're all going to hate me. My view is, unless you're Manchester City, and, you know, in the future, we're going to see Newcastle in that place, depending on what happens with the Chelsea owners, they're in that place. And with Man United and their resources, unless they completely fuck their club up, they're in that space. But unless you sort of are backed by a nation state, you have no defined right to top four. None. Those days are done. Um, we are no longer in a space where we can say we should be getting top four. I just, I'm sorry. The league is past that point. The genie's out of the bottle. The money's insane. We're not in a place where we can expect top four. However, I think we should still be expected to compete for it. And I think at some point we have to do it. We have to show that we can do it, right? In the last however many years, United have done it, City have done it, Liverpool have done it, Chelsea have done it, Spurs have done it, right? All of the other big six, at some point or another in the last five years, have qualified for the top four. We're the only ones who haven't. So even though I don't think anyone has sort of a God-ordained right to top four, we are the only club in the last five years in that big six who haven't got it. So Arteta, I think he has to show that he can do it. He has to show that he can get it. Otherwise, there are going to be questions about whether or not he is a manager that can do it. Whether or not you think those questions are fair or not, I think most people will say, yeah, now's the time to show and prove. And I agree. So I'm not saying if he doesn't get top four, he should be sacked. But what I'm saying is if he doesn't get top four, it's very, very fair that questions will be asked about whether or not he is the manager that can do it. Um, and the reason I'm not saying he should be, the reason I can't say sack him if he doesn't is because context. He could end up getting 85 points this season and finishing fifth because everybody's been on a mad one. So, you know, I'm looking to see improvement. I'm looking to see performance. I want to see goals. I want to see attacking football. I want to see us, you know, keep the ball, you know, keep possession of of of, of the ball and and put teams under pressure. I want to see us really controlling games. I want to see us being able to come back from a goal down and win a game. Ideally, I'd you know like a clean sheet, but you know that that. That thing last season of not being able to win a game um, when we went, you know, a goal down was just ridiculous. I think it was only the Wolves game was the only game we came back and won um, later in that season. So, yeah, so I want to see a team that is a top six team. I also want to see a team that can compete with the other sort of top six, right? I've seen you know, Liverpool get a big result against United. I've seen City get a big result against Liverpool. I've seen Spurs get a big result against all of them. I have not seen us deliver a big result against any of them bar Spurs. You know, I'm talking like, you know, I I want to see us play some of these sides and dominate them. You know, we nearly did it against City last season. That performance against City, um, you know, the one where I think, I think Arteta had COVID and he was out. Um, he was like that. I thought COVID was suspended. I can't remember, but the one where um, the the Albert took over as a in charge of the team that that day, you know, that performance against City was amazing, absolutely phenomenal. Should have won it if it wasn't for just sort of yeah, if it just wasn't you know just for that little collapse in the last five ten minutes, we you know we we sh- we should have gone on to take points, and that was for me a sign that we were heading in the right direction, a sign that Arteta was getting it right because we showed up in a game against Man City and we took it to them and could have won it, should have won it. Um, so I want to see us do that more. I'm tired of us going to Anfield and getting beat 5-0. I'm tired of us going to City getting beat 5-0. I'm tired of us going to Chelsea getting beat 3-4-0. I 
we need to beat some of these teams and beat them well. We've had some good results against Chelsea, but I want to see us like absolutely annihilate them. Had some decent results against United. I want to see us annihilate them. You know, we've had some really bad results against these sides. And I want to see us compete with the best. I want to see us dominate. I want to see us go to a top side and dominate. I know I keep saying this, but it's really important. You know, I know we there's the Europa League this season as well. We didn't have Europe last season. But the proof of how good a team you are is in your league, right? We're not playing in a league where we're far and away the best team in the league and it's all about what we do in Europe. We're playing in the toughest league in the world. Um, and so the, I think for me, cup competitions there's a bit of chance anything could happen. The marker of how good you are is what you do in your league. And I think we need to show that we are good enough to compete with the best in our league. And it's been a long time since we've done that. So for me, while I want to see Arsenal get top four, and I think Arteta has to show he can get top four, I want to see us dominate most of the league and compete with the best. I want to see improvement on that front. And then we'll see where we finish. We'll see what the context is. We'll see what happened over the course of the season. And then I'll take a view on whether or not you know, he should he should keep his job from my perspective. But I just want to see the team do well. I want to see him do well. I want to moan less. I just want to enjoy the ride. I'm loving the squad of players for the first time in years. You know, last season, this season, like a lot of you, for the first time in years, I'm loving these players. And I just want to enjoy the ride a bit more, complain a bit less, and just, just follow the team, support the team. So that's just what I'm going to do. That's the approach I'm going to take. So, yeah, in terms of looking forward, obviously the first games against Palace, um, I think... Yeah, we all <laughs> we're all having flashbacks to that game against Brentford last season. You know, a bunch of players out of COVID, including Lacquer and Olga. Um <laughs> Obviously, it needs to be a win. Palace have been somewhat of a very difficult side for us last season. We managed to get one point out of six in the league from them last season. It's not good enough. Um, they're a good side. They've got, you know, some really good young attacking players. They don't have Gallagher anymore, who was brilliant for them last season. He's back at Chelsea. But they've still got Zaha, you know, Lise. They, they've still got some really good attacking options. Ateta up front. Um, so, yeah, I just want to see us go there and dominate them and set a marker for the rest of the league to say, yeah, we're here. We're here and we mean business. You know, after that, we've got Leicester, Bournemouth, Fulham, Villa. Um, and honestly, I don't want to sound sport or entitled. I want all of the points. I don't want to drop a single one. Now I'm not saying we I'm not saying that's gonna happen because we know the Premier League isn't that easy. And to be honest, any one of those teams, bar maybe for Lumber, even then, you never know, right? Um, any one of those teams can get points off us. But honestly, I want five wins out of five. That's that's what I'm I'm sorry, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for five out of five. I'm looking for us to go into the new season, firing on all cylinders, taking on all comers. Um, that's what I'm hoping to see. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I think there are a couple of things that are going to throw up some um, interesting uh, narratives and storylines over the course of the season. Number one, of course, is the World Cup in the middle of the season. Um, we don't know how players are going to manage their fitness and their form going into that. We don't know if players are maybe going to subconsciously sort of hold a little back. We don't know what, if they're going to you know, want to hit peak fitness and peak form in time for the World Cup. So maybe they'll just ramp up and go all out to try and be at their absolute best by the time that comes back. And maybe we might see a drop-off in form 
after the World Cup. We genuinely don't know how it's going to go. So I'm really intrigued to see how the clubs manage the fitness of the players, particularly given that we've got Europe as well in between the league and the League Cup if we manage to get through the you know early rounds. Um, so I'll be really interested to see how how we manage the fitness of the players. You know, Gabriel Jesus is one of is going to want to be the number nine for Brazil. Um, so he's going to want to be firing on all cylinders. We got a, you know a few years ago we'd have an international tournament and not that many of our players would be um, would be available, would be picked, or would be would be playing. We now have a squad where a lot more of our players will likely be involved in the international setup. I mean, you know. Ramsdale, he'll be there for England, you'd expect, if all goes well. Tomiyasu for Japan, I believe they qualified. Um, ben White for England. Big Gabby at the back for Brazil. Um, you know, Odegaard, I don't know, did they qualify? I can't remember if they qualified. But, you know, Saka, you'd expect him to be there. Um, Martinelli, you'd think he'd get in his team. Um, you'd get in the Brazil team, given how he's performing. So, yeah, so I, I think we've got a decent number of players who you'd expect to be there. You know William Saliba's going to want to be in the France squad, so he's going to be going all out to perform. And given we're probably not, I mean, I know Artes has hinted that possibly Tomiyasu and Tierney could be fit, um, or at least, you know, potentially both of them are, potentially one of them. But given the lack of preseason, you'd expect that the team that started against Sevilla at the Emirates, Emirates Cup is starting against uh, Palace. Um, and by the way, Arsenal did not treat the Emirates Cup like a friendly. I don't believe that. I know Sevilla weren't at their best and had a couple of key players missing, but Arsenal took that game seriously. You know, Sevilla played that game like it was a preseason friendly. Arsenal did not. Arsenal were ready to go. So I think that's going to be the side. I think we're going to see Ben White right back, Saliba centre back. Really excited to see centre, uh, Saliba play in the Premier League against Premier League strikers. But but I digress. Um, you know, the World Cup is going to throw up an interesting challenge. The, also, the other thing I want to see is what happens with the five subs. I think Arteta did really, really well with five subs. You know, that was the season we won the FA Cup, you know, his first season in charge. Um, and I think, you know, his ability to change the game with five subs um, during the 2019-2020 season was was a factor in, in his performance. Um, I know his league performance wasn't great, but certainly in the cup. Um, and he weirdly hasn't performed that well in the cups generally since. Um, but I'm interested in see what he does with five subs, particularly now we have a larger squad. Um, hopefully that'll mean we have more options and we don't have to overload players like Tommy Asuntini. They can have more time to recover. You know, Artessa was talking about this in his press conference. Um, I think he's, you know, he's said already that we sometimes had to rush the two of them back when they weren't quite ready because the squad needed them. Now we have options. Maybe we won't have to rush them back so much. So, yeah, I think the other thing, because we have the five subs, more players, more options, I think it gives managers more tactical flexibility as well. I know a lot of the, some of the managers for the clubs lower down the league weren't happy about five subs because they think, you know, bigger squads for better sides gives them an advantage. But I think, you know, if you're playing low block football uh, against a top side and you can refresh half your starting 11 you know i i i think that can cause disruption to the flow of the attacking team rather than disruption to your defensive unit so the, i i think it helps everybody personally and i think football has for too long been on the three subs thing i just you look at some some other sports and their ability to rotate people in has a material impact on the degree to which you can be very tactical and change games 
and it puts a lot more power in the hands of managers and coaches to be able to change games to win them so i'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of innovations and we we know from all or nothing arteta likes his innovations i'm looking forward to seeing what tactical innovations comes from arteta being able to use the five subs how he uses them and just seeing more players get more games that's the other thing as well i think it allows for more players to be involved last season players like pepe just weren't involved and i'm not expecting him to be involved this season but what i do mean is if you end up in a position where you need to rely on players to come in um you're not going to have players who are basically not played for two months and who are out in the cold chances are even if they've got a few minutes here a few minutes there they're going to be more involved you're going to be able to keep more players happy and I do think that football is going to have to start looking at this not as starting 11s, but as a true squad game. And I think this is one of the first steps to that. This really has to be not about the starting 11. It has to be about the squad. It has to be about the team. It has to be, you can have starters and you can have finishers. You can have people who are brilliant at the start of the game and bring people you bring on to win you the game. And you can manage your squad accordingly, keep your play, keep your players happy. And as football evolves into that kind of game, players will start to view the game that way and i think you'll start to see players develop niches as being closers or being openers and that kind of thing so football could go in a very 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 um innovative direction um in a good way i think so i'm really interested to see how that plays out over the course of the season um looking at our fixtures and and looking at the way things are going i do think we're going to have a a pretty I do think we're not going to have as, a, an easier time of it as some people think. I know our preseason has been amazing. I know Gabriel Jesus has looked brilliant. Sinchenko has looked great. Saliba has looked amazing. Um, and there's more signings to come. But that also means there's more signings for other teams to do. So far, United have, haven't done much. Chelsea are just, you know, who knows what they're doing? Who knows what the strategy there is? Um, they've They've got a lot of turnover that's happening. But there's still a month to go of the window. So both of those sides could you know, uh, both of those sides could improve even more so. We've seen Liverpool get Darwin Nunes. We've seen City get Haaland. Those players have to bet in, but I have no doubt that there'll be a success. Um, so while we look great, other teams, it may take them a little bit longer to get going, but by the time new players have arrived and everyone's bedded in, who knows? So I don't think we'll have as easy a run of things as, as it looks now, but let's see what happens. Um, so yeah, in terms of my predictions... Do I think we'll get top four? I don't think we will. I think we'll finish fifth, but I think we'll be unfortunate. And I, the reason I say that is, no, 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 I can't do it. I'm going to predict fourth. I'm going to predict that we're going to get fourth. Here's, here's the thing, right? This is the typical Arsenal fan in me. This is me being a bit, bit hesitant. I'm worried that United aren't as bad as they look. They have some really, really good players that just have been put together badly and they've just had a toxic situation at their club. I think if their new manager, if Ten Hag can get them organised and fix some of their problems, the talent they have in their squad alone will be good enough to, to see them perform much better than they did last season. That being said, we don't know what's going to happen with Ronaldo. And if they lose him, they lose 20 goals out of their team. And I don't know where they're replacing them. But that being said, it's a month to go until the window ends. So let's see what happens with them. Um, Spurs, annoyingly, you know, when you've got Son and Kane, provided they continue to do what they've been doing for years, once you add in Richarlison, I, I just think they're going to be a problem. I still think they're going to be 
the same as they were last season in that they're going to struggle against low blocks. Um, and I'm hoping teams have figured them out from last season that they just have to sit there in a low block encounter. That's what I'm hoping. But we'll see. Um, so I think we'll get top four. I think the the trick the trick for us is going to be the goals. We need to score more goals. I know that sounds silly, but you know, last season I think what was it, sixty one goals for? Um, yeah, we're gonna need like fifteen more. And I suspect you know last season Saka got eleven in the league, Smithera got ten in the league, Lacazette got five in the league. I think. Um, so replace Lacazette with Gabriel instead of five, make that 15. That's an extra 10 goals. Um, and then Nketiah got, I think, five league goals. That needs to be 10. Um, so that's 15 extra goals there. If Nketiah doubles his league tally and gets 10, if Gabriel gets you know 15 instead of Lacazette's five, that's 15 more goals. That's 76. You know, considering Tottenham got fourth place with 69, um, 69 goals you know that I think that is that's what we're going to need we're going to need Gabriel Jesus which is what he's been brought here to do and he's looked on fire in preseason. so provided he stays fit we're able to rotate him and Ketty is looking good so hopefully we'll be able to rotate and do some damage um, provided all of that is the case then I think um, yeah then I think we're on we're on form um, so I'm going for fourth, but I have a I have a very niggling worry that we'll have a good season and still miss out because the other teams will will fix up. But let's let's see. I'm I'm going to go for fourth. Um, points in the end of the season. I'm going for seventy three. Now here's what's interesting. In 2015-16, 73 points would have got you second. We finished second behind Leicester with 71, right? But if you go to last season, for example, I think 73 points would have got you something along the lines of, uh, yeah, it would have got you fourth because Tottenham got 69. So I think we're going to get 73. I think we're going to get fourth. But you see the the drop off and the jump and and what you need now. I mean, you know, Man City got ninety three points. The previous city, uh, the previous season, they got eighty six. You know, before that, Liverpool won the league with ninety nine. That's the kind of stuff we're looking at now in terms of the change of the number of points teams are getting to win the league and finish fourth. So I think seventy three points will do it. Um, I think again, more goals. We need Saka to score more. Um, I think we need obviously. Uh, Smith Road to score more. His fitness is still an issue, but I, I think he can do it um, when he plays, running on to the end of balls, cutbacks. We're going to see more of those, more fluid passing, more of the ball, hopefully more attacking threat and more goals. Um, Jesus is obviously there and Ketty is obviously there. Martinelli, we need more goals for Martinelli. This is a season where we need Martinelli to step up and I think he can. So I'm going 73 points. Um, yeah, I think... I'm going 76. I think I'm going 76 goals. It's a massive jump from where we were, you know, uh, from when Arteta took over from memory, we, you know, dropped down from, I think, 73 or 74 goals to 50. You know, it, it's been bad. So to get up to 61 is an improvement, but we need even more. So, you know, 61 to 70 to 76 is a massive jump. But I, I think if we do that, it'll be enough to get us fourth. So that's what I'm going for. Like I said, I think Jesus will add, will get 15 in the league. And I think Nketiah will get 10. That's what I'm going for. Um, 
I think in terms of goal conceded last season, we conceded, I think it was 48. I'm dropping that to 43. I think we'll concede about 43 goals. Um, I think we're going to keep more of the ball. We're going to play more possession football and we'll concede less. Saliba being there means that, you know, instead of playing Cedric, which I think disrupts our defensive shape, we'll be playing Saliba um, centre-back and Ben White right-back. And I think that gives us more protection. So I think, you know, plus Ben White's ability to step into midfield, um, both from centre-back and from right-back, I think. Zinchenko doing the same thing from left-back, um, where we need him to do it, or being able to play in midfield when we've got Tierney. I just think we'll be in better shape to retain the ball. Um, top goal scorer, Gabriel Jesus. Like I said, I think he's getting 15 Premier League goals, 18 in all comps, 20 in all comps. Um, no, nah, let's go 25 in all comps, because that means we'd had a good, good run in Europe in the Cup. So I'm going... Yeah, I'm going big. I'm going big on Jesus. I'm going 20 all comps, um, 20, 25 all comps. Pick one, 25. Let's go 25 all comps. Um, Jesus, that would be a massive jump for him. Okay, yeah, let me calm myself down. Let me calm myself down. I'm going for Jesus, 20 goals, all competitions. That's that's my that's my thinking. Um, most assists, Odegaard. I'm going for 13 assists. Player of the season. Um, it's an interesting one because I think if Gabriel Jesus is top goal scorer, then you'd think he would be player of the season. But I think um, I'm going to go for Bukayo Saka again. It's not just the fact that he's he's an academy product, so you know he has the love, and you know we we do love Bukayo. Um, I think also just his style of play. Um, I just think it's something that everybody loves i think he'll continue to transmit that to the fans um he'll it, it, yeah the way he takes on players i think it's genuinely remarkable because he has this ability to receive the ball on the half turn low center of gravity spin you know face up to the fullback um or defender who's facing him and go either side you know one of the things that's really Frustrating about Nicola Pepe is you just feel like he's going to cut back in, go back outside, cut back in, go back side. Defenders know what he's going to do. By the time he makes a decision, he's he's in a crowd scene. Bakayo's just, he's got that ability to kind of go one way or the other and be more decisive, be more dynamic in his movements. And I just love that about him. I think he's going to get more goals. I think he's going to get more assists. Um, I think his overall play is going to improve. He's getting fitter. He's getting stronger. He's getting, you know, he's getting more muscle. So, yeah, um, barring any unforeseen circumstances, I think Bukayo Saka is going to be our player of the season again, even if Gabriel Jesus is our top goal scorer. Um, yeah, so I'm going for Bukayo Saka. Um, in terms of breakout player, I'm going for William Saliba. I think that Saliba is a Rolls-Royce of a defender. You know, the fact that we got him for £27 million looks like a bargain. It was, you know, a lot of money. It still is a lot of money. But given how good he looks, I think that's going to end up looking like an absolute bargain. Um, you know, play it along the floor. You know, go ahead, try him in a foot race. Good luck with that. Um, physically strong, imposing, six foot four. You know, he just looks, he just looks the part. Um, not sure about his ability to battle in the year yet. Despite his size, I don't think he quite, I don't think that's a, game, uh, a part of his game he's developed yet. But that's fine. He's got plenty of time to develop it. Um, and to be honest, you know, Ben White's good in the air. Gabriel's good in the air. Ramsdale's commanding in his box. I, I think we've got we've got that covered. So that's all good. I think what we what we need to see from him is 
just where he's going to fit. You know, is he going to keep his place at centre back and Tom Yasu and Ben White share minutes right back? Is he going to? Sh- I I don't think that's a problem. I think you know the five sub thing means that we're going to see lots of minutes. I think he's going to get lots of Europa League minutes. I think there's going to be heavy rotation. You know, I just think there's going to be plenty of minutes to share around, so I don't think it's going to be a problem. And my hope is that he gets to show how good he is and um, that he he sees that this is the place for him to develop and he signs another contract. But what's going to be interesting for me isn't so much just his development in terms of the good things he does. I think it's going to be how he responds to difficult moments because there are going to be them, you know, and an errant back pass or he switches off and someone, you know, slips by him, that kind of thing. He's got to have a moment and it's how he responds to it. It's how the fans respond to it. I hope everyone continues to support him um, if he has those moments because he's still a young player, he's still learning. Um, and equally, if he becomes an absolute phenom, I don't really want to hear the whole, oh, we should have kept Saliba, Ben White's rubbish. Support both of them. Ben White, Gabriel Saliba, they all play for the Arsenal. So I'm I'm ecstatic. So I think he's the breakout. Um, what I will say is a quiet shout out for Fabio Vieira. We've not seen him. He could be a very, very good, very talented player. He looked the part um, when he broke into the Porto team last season, particularly after Diaz went to Liverpool and he started to get more minutes sort of in the central uh, number 10 position. So it will be interesting to see there's that left eight. There's also the right eight um, get, uh, swapping minutes with Odegaard. So I think you never know. Maybe Who knows? Maybe even he's sort of a deep line playmaker, um, drop of the shoulder, get away from something. You never know, honestly. Football is a strange, strange game. So... Let's see. I suspect he's there, obviously, to play one of the two eights, you know, um, occasionally one of the wide forward positions. But let's just see what he does. He could be a very tidy player. He's going to need to adapt, you know, build some muscle, get used to physicality. But again, you know, Martinelli was basically coming from non-league football in Brazil, the you know, um, and then he, he tore it up. So let's see. Um I think it's too soon for Marquinhos. The the rumblings coming out of the club is that he looks like a very good young player, but he's going to need time. So I don't think we're, we should expect anything much from him this season. I think that's very much a case of maybe he's here for the first part of the season, settling, um, and then maybe goes out on loan, or maybe he's here for the whole of the season, goes out on loan next season. Let's wait and see. You never know. Um, so yeah, those are my predictions. I just want to take some time to touch on I don't want to call them narratives because I don't like that word, um, or at least I don't like the connotation. But just some themes and conversations for the season. Um, I think we are going to have to adjust to some challenges because there's always challenges in the season. I think we're going to have to adjust to a big loss. You know, it could be we lose Odegaard out of the side, or a party out of the side, or Gabriel Jesus out of the side at some point, and we're going to need to respond. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, we've had key injuries hit us the last couple of seasons and it's derailed our season. If we get, you know, an injury or suspension or someone's absent for whatever reason, I want to see how we respond to that. That's something I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm hoping that the squad we have with the likes of Zinchenko, Vieira um, coming in, Saliba coming back, Jesus joining means that we have more depth um, to to be able to deal with those those losses when they happen. But I'm really looking forward to seeing how we deal with that. Um, I want to see Arteta do better in cup competitions. He's won the FA Cup. You know, he has he has my my utmost respect because he's won a trophy as an Arsenal manager for the Arsenal. So you automatically, you know, you're automatically uh, 
got a certain level of respect once you do that, in my opinion. But we need to see him do better. You know, his time in the Europa League hasn't been good. Um, bar the FA Cup win, Cup runs haven't been good. I mean, League Cup went deep. Um, but yeah, I just I just want to see us do well in the Cup. And I want to see us win the Europa League. Look, I know it's not the Champions League. I know we all want to be in the Champions League. But Arsenal, a club of Arsenal size, has to win more European trophies. I know people are talking about winning the Europa League to get back into the Champions League. I want to win the Europa League because it's a European trophy. I want Arsenal to win European trophies, preferably the Champions League. But until we get back in it and until we're in a position to win it, I'll take the Europa League. So yes, I want to be in the Champions League, but I want to get into the Champions League by the league and I want to win the Europa League because it's a European trophy. So I really want us to do well there. I'm not sure if we will. I do wonder if it'll be sort of one too many games, too much of a distraction, whether the the focus and the energy and the emotion will be on doing it in the league. But if we can go deep in the Europa League, it will just depend on who falls down out of the Champions League. Um, so let's see what happens. But I'm hoping we can go deep in the Europa League and win it because I just want to see the Arsenal win the European trophy. It's been too long. It's been way, way, way too long. We need it. Um, the club need it. We should have done it under Wenger. We should have done it under Emery. So let's see if we can do it under Arteta. Um, yeah, other than that, another another conversation is Granit Xhaka. Um, so I'm one of those people who has not been the biggest Granit Xhaka fan, if I'm honest. I just haven't. But the last couple of seasons, last season in particular, um, well, just well. You know, he has been putting up performances that I just did not think he could put up. And that's not because I thought he was a bad player, but I just never thought he was a fit. You know, when he first joined, I think Wenger said he was a defensive midfielder and sort of then said he was a box-to-box midfielder. You know, it was just, I think he's been misused for a large amount of time and he's been put in positions that have exposed his weaknesses and exposed him too much. And, you know, with the way the, the squad's been recalibrated, I think we're now playing him in a way where we get to see some of his best football. And I'm seeing him, you know, nutmegging players on the edge of the box, juggling balls and firing off volleys. I'm seeing a, a version of Shaka I never thought I'd see in an Arsenal shirt. Um, so while I think we can upgrade in that left eight spot, if if we get this Gwent Shaka, I'd 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 want him to stay. I just I'm there. I said it. If he keeps this level of performance up or can get even better, I don't see why he should leave. I still think we should get another player in in the midfield, but there are plenty of games and we need the players. So while I'm excited to see if we can upgrade in that position, wow, the way Granit Xhaka's been playing recently, more of the same, please, honestly. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of him through the All or Nothing documentary. I think the, the, the parts of him we've got to see through recent interviews has been quite revealing and quite refreshing. And I'm glad he's, he's speaking out of it because it's very easy for people to be misunderstood, um, particularly with the distance between players and fans these days just due to the nature of things um, I think it's important we kind of see who players are uh, I think we need to see their humanity we need to realize their people and it'll change how people interact with them I think over time so I'm I'm, I'm loving this new Grant Shaka loving it as I said I've, I've been one of those people not abusive but I've been one of those people who's been critical um, but no honestly he's been phenomenal so long may it continue um, I'm looking at the squad and there's so much happening. Honestly, there's so much to, to touch on. It's absolutely, it's just wild. Um, I'm looking at the squad and there's so much work still to do. I mean, I really want to give the club credit because 
while it's easy to complain and say that they've not done enough and they've fallen short and they've not achieved what we want, there has been massive overhaul, massive change. One of the things we're going to do on the podcast um, in, in the coming weeks and months is a sort of full breakdown of the Arsenal timeline. Um, probably, I mean, I want to go all the way, do it all the way back from 2006, um, but it will certainly be doing it from the departure of Wenger, but I'll, I want to do all the way back to 2006 to kind of talk through how we went from there to here in a contextual way, because there's been so much change at the club in recent years. The squad overhaul, I cannot emphasise enough how big a job that has been. I think if you look at other squads and other clubs in the league, there aren't many clubs who would have gone through as massive an overhaul in such a short space of time. You don't see it. It doesn't happen. Um, so I really, really think um, the club should be credited for that. And a big part of that, obviously, and the struggles kind of complete in the time we want has been due to the difficulty in selling players. Now, that is the one area where the club has been criticised. It does not sell well enough. And I think that's borne out by the Leno deal, which, you know, 8 million, you go fair enough. But when you see the breakdown, Jesus, we might only get three or four mil out of that, really. That's a terrible price for a player that good. Um, so, yeah, you definitely want to see the club club do well. But where I want to give them credit is doing the squad turnover they had, they they have done, but looking at how much work there is still to do, um, it's it's genuinely quite incredible how much there is to do. You know, I'm looking at the squad now. We've still got to decide what to do with Alex Renison. Hearing there's interest uh, from Turkey, we'll see what happens there. But you know, he he was never good enough. Um, I don't know what happened there. That was one of those really really poor decisions. We need to not make decisions like that in the future. Um, I'm sure he's a nice enough guy. Seen by all accounts to end his loan spell quite well even if he didn't start it that well um, last season. So hopefully we can find him a club that he can go to where he can, you know, play at his level and do well. Um, Hector Bellerin, Hecky B, listen, Arsenal through and through, love the guy. He wants to leave. The club recognises it's time for him to leave. Hopefully we can find a resolution. In an ideal world, we get a fee. But honestly, I'm genuinely not bothered if we cancel that contract, provided it's a mutual termination. I don't really want to have to pay up his contract for him to go. If he, cut, if he tears up his contract and walks away without the money, then fair dues to him. To be fair, if there was any of the players leaving who deserved, who you could argue Arsenal could do a favour for and pay them to leave, it would be him. But it's happened too many times before him. So I'm sure he's had the conversation of saying, look, you know, I've been here a long time and I'm Arsenal through and through. Can't you do me a favour? And I'm sure the club said, look, we'd love to, but we've done it too much. But we'll see what happens. You never know as it gets towards the end of the window. Um it might just be that he says, do you know what, I'm going to walk away. Or it might be that the club say, do you know what, we'll let you go. But either way, I'm hoping there's a resolution there because by all accounts, top guy, um, wish him all the best. I don't think he'll be here for the for the duration of this season. So let's see what happens there. Paolo Mari, hearing there's interest. Um, Monza in Italy, loan of an obligation to buy if they stay up. Let's just hope it goes through. Again, by all accounts, nice guy, not at the level. Um, so yeah, just hope he goes there, does well, they stay up and he, he stays in Italy because he seemed to, he, you know, he seemed to enjoy himself, had a good loan with Udinese. The money on the continent is, is just not great. Otherwise maybe he would have stayed, but let's see what happens there. Um, Maitland-Niles, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I suspect that's going to have to be one of those mid to lower Premier League club comes in 
and offers him a lifeboat. But I, I genuinely don't know. I could actually see him being here this season. I really could. But uh, hopefully he gets a move because he needs to play. Um, I think he's been largely misunderstood during his time at Arsenal, but I don't think he's helped himself. I push back against anyone who suggests that he's refused to play right back. I don't think he ever refused to play right back. If you go back to the interview in question, he basically says, everyone else has got the chance to play the positions they want to play. I want my chance to play in my position too. You remember the interview um, with Eddie towards the end of last season where he said, I just wanted my chance. I just, I think Maitland-Lowes was saying that, but he just said it badly. I think he said it poorly. Um, but I don't think he's helped himself since then. Um, I don't think the West Brom loan was a good idea. I think he let he left us in a situation where we bought Cedric when we didn't need to. That could have been his spot and he could have been, you know, he, he could have held down the right back spot. Um, honestly, he really could have. So, you know, he's going to end up having a decent career, I'm sure. Look, he's already played for the Arsenal, played a number of games for the Arsenal, over 50, I'm sure, um, and won a trophy. So as much as we might say are uh, what could have been, players like him, players like Reese Nelson, they came through the the academy of the Franks, broke into the first team, got a first team squad number, won a trophy. So... You know, same with Iwobi in the sense of um, same with Joe Willock. They made it. Don't think they didn't make it. That is success. They made it. But hopefully he moves on. Um, Lucas Torreira, geez. If there is a player in this squad who needs to leave, it's Lucas Torreira. I feel for the guy because, you know, bereavement is a hard, hard thing. And he, he suffered a terrible loss, you know, during the peak of the COVID pandemic. And for whatever reason, he's he's just not been in the same frame of mind as far as Arsenal are concerned since. Um, so whether he goes to Italy, Spain, Turkey, wherever it is, I just hope he gets a move and he can be happy um, because life's too short. And we don't want him. He doesn't want to be here. So I just hope he gets a move and can play his football and enjoy life. And, and yeah, that's that. But he does need to go. Um, Reese Nelson, low end of the Premier League, maybe even Championship. Um, who knows? Move on the continent. But I don't think it's Arsenal. Rumours that he may get a chance if, if he doesn't get a move, you know, see out the rest of his contract. Entirely plausible. Wouldn't hate it, but, and, you know, could be useful in Europa League minutes. But I just don't think he has a future here. I think, you know, the, the year of the COVID pandemic should have gone alone when he had the chance, didn't. He just wasted too much of his career, so I hope he I hope he gets to move to to show people what he can do, because he is a he's a talented player, but he needs to go somewhere where he can play and really kick on. What level he gets to, I don't know, but again, academy player, broken into first team, got a first team squad number, won a trophy with the Arsenal, so has made it um, as far as I'm concerned, because most academy players never see the first team squad of a of a club the size of the Arsenal, and he has so. Fair play to him. Hope he gets a move and hope he does well. Um, and then there's Nicola Pepe. For me, the struggle is his wages. You know, 140k a week, I think it is. I don't see where on the continent he gets that with the form he's put in, in the last couple of years. I don't see who pays that. Maybe it's a loan with an option to buy and we subsidize some of the wages. Um, but I, I just don't see who picks up his wages. I really don't. And I don't see him, you know, walking away from some of his wages the way 
uh, Bellerin did. So I think there's every chance Nicola Pepe stays with us. So unless, you know, a club like, you know, Barcelona throwing around ridiculous money, you know, unless Newcastle come in, you know, unless something like that happens where a player moves unexpectedly and someone just needs a winger and they take a chance on him, unless something like that happens, I think it's either a loan with an option to buy and we're subsidising his wages or I think he's here for this season and, yeah, we, we find another way to to move him on next season. It's unfortunate it hasn't worked out, but I think his situation is similar to a couple of players we've seen in the squad where decent enough player does not fit what Arteta wants. So I just don't think... Um, yeah, so I, I think it's as simple as that. Um, he's had his good moments. He's had his good moments playing for Arteta even, you know, FA Cup final point in case. But I just don't think he's what a manager wants. I think he knows it. Um, by all accounts, he's still, you know, putting in the hard yards, working hard. People love him. He's not sulking. So again, credit to him. But it's just one of those things. Sometimes transfers work out. Sometimes they don't. He came to the Arsenal. He won a trophy. So while it didn't work out the way he would have wanted and everyone else would have wanted, he came here and he did more than than a lot of players have in, in the time he's been here. So fair play to him for what he's done, but another one where it's time to move on. Um, but yeah, if I had to score the window right now, for me, it's a six because we've done most of the main things we need to do. But I think there's players we need to move on and at least one more player to buy. And if we bring in, you know, that left eight and that wide player, I think that's an eight or nine, depending on who they are. I think if we bring in one, that's a, a solid seven. And uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's it for me in terms of the, the look ahead to the new season. There'll be another podcast coming out. Um which is a look ahead to the Palace game itself. Just look at some of the matchups, the tactics, how I think we're going to play and just, yeah, some of the talking points for the game. Honestly, it feels like it's been a long time. It feels like we've had to wait for this. I can't wait for the new season. Mostly I can't wait to just watch these players. Like I said, it's the first time in a long time I've really, last season, this season, the first time in a long time I've really loved the squad and loved the players. For a while, there were a lot of players playing for us that I just couldn't, couldn't identify with. But these these players really, um, yeah, they've got they've got something about them. So fingers crossed. Let's hope they do well this season. Give them all the support. Give them all the backing during the highs and the lows, especially. Don't pile on. Don't add to the noise. Support the boys. Let's see how they do. Um, we'll also be attending some games, the the women's games, the under twenty one games. Hoping to try and grab some, you know, play interviews. Going to be, as I said, doing some. Um, some giveaways as well. So lots to look forward to for this season. But for now, appreciate you joining me and uh, speak to you guys soon. 